0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hi guys, it's Rick here. Uh, Just a quick one before the podcast starts. um, Just want to show our respects to the Queen passing away last week. uh, Our deepest condolences go to the family. Um, You know, she's been our head of state for 70 years, everything I've known and probably everybody listening to this podcast has known. So we thank her for her service. She's been incredible. And, um, from now on, obviously long live the King, King Charles III has moved into head of state, uh, without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 149. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy, um, it's been a busy week. It has. It's been a crazy week. It has. Um we've got loads and loads of things to talk about. Um, obviously some golf got affected this weekend, which we'll come on to. Um, but before we get on to that, should we chat about the event that we I think very successfully pulled off <laughs> last week.
2: We did. It's nice to blow your own trumpet, but we absolutely <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. So um Last week, we had Range Night, which we alluded to on the last podcast. And Range Night was a celebration of two things. Firstly, you, Rick Shields, have been on YouTube for not seven years, not even a good strong eight (laughs) years, nine years I'd shake your hand for, but ten years, Rick. I'm getting old, pal. It was ten years ago, your first video, your first YouTube video, at Trafford Golf Centre, the home of Shieldsley.
1: It is. It's its been a crazy, crazy ride. I know we alluded to it back in May when it was actually 10 years. Um, Trafford Golf Centre have done an amazing job at celebrating it. They've done this incred- incredible window art yep. as, you, as you walk in, which is so amazing. People have been taking pictures, tagging me in it. Um, and we wanted to celebrate by throwing a party. Yes. And not only to celebrate 10 years, but also to celebrate the fact I've become now, officially a global ambassador for Top Tracer.
2: Absolutely, and that's one thing. We've said this on the podcast many times, and the hardcore OG listeners, the Clubhouse members know this. You have, thankfully, lots of offers to work with brands, with companies, with businesses, and we are outrageously selective. And one of the reasons we have, well, the main reason we have partnered with with Top Tracer and you've partnered with Top Tracer is because we love the technology. Yeah. Every range session we have now, there's some level of competition, there's some level of serious practice. You can obviously re- uh, record all your stats. You can challenge people. You can go for a long drive, which I'm known to do every now and again. Um, so it was a great celebration at, at the range night to kind of say, yeah, 10 years. Uh, we didn't get you a cake, unfortunately, but you got That's a firm like, handshake. Don't worry. And it was also a case of let's invite a load of people, give them free balls. They get to meet you. And they can experience top tracer for themselves. You've got some challenges we will come on to in a minute against people. And
1: you're right, it was very successful. It was. We sold out tickets, even though there were free tickets, they sold out in five minutes flat. They
2: were on the black market for about 14.99. <laughs> <$14. laughs>
1: um, and it was about 175 tickets that we we allocated. I think a few people snuck in. Um, however, it was absolutely ram. The atmosphere was was electrifying. Um and, and it was, it was, there's a video coming out this week, this Thursday, um, but young, old, new golfers, mm. um, established golfers, male, females, um, all different kind of backgrounds, just come into a fun evening where they could whack golf balls and like I say, you know, win some prizes, get a little bit for selfie or, you know, whatever that may be. I, I certainly signed some strange items. I think I saw you signing a few things as well. I did. Including, uh, we signed a putter. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. I got asked to sign a couple of guys' shirts as they were wearing them. Yeah. Loads of golf balls, gloves, head covers... Golf bags. um Do you not sign the bra, or was that just me? I think that might have just been you. I think it was just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I must admit, he was pulling it off very nicely. Oh, hey, as nice well. one, Rick. You're on fire. Um, but yeah, no, it was. It was a really good night. Like I say, thank you to Trafford, thank you to Top Tracer, and thank you for everybody who show support week in week out by watching the videos, listening to the um, podcast, mm. and just generally supporting across social media. We will be doing more
2: yes in different locations
1: i've probably had 20 emails this week from driving ranges wanting me to host a top tracer at their
2: venue you know i'll go on sorry i was gonna jump in then no it's
1: just it's we're not sure where the next one's gonna be we're not sure when it's gonna be um we'll see how popular this first one is certainly from a video format it was Mm -hmm. fun on the night definitely oh yeah got to meet loads of different people um but just how we can make that into a product, i.e. a video. Um, hopefully this week, this Thursday, we'll find out how yeah, successful I think lives. this video
2: will be really good. It'll be great for people to see how fun it was. You might not video it every time you host one, but I think what was great about it was when I was explaining it to my, my family and stuff about when it was it was about to happen a couple of days earlier, they are like, well, what actually is it? And it's like, well, it's basically in its simplest form. People come in to hit golf balls, which that sounds very basic, but it was, and I think that's the great thing about You're being a load of golfers together, some of which came as friends in groups. Some of people came on their own. You got kind of put into a a bay with like five or six other people. Again, some of which you knew, some of which were strangers. But everyone had that shared interest of golf. Everyone watches obviously your videos or listens to the podcast or chatting about that. And once you get even five strangers in a a bay and you've got some challenges, suddenly everyone just gets along. And I always think golf is the one weird thing where if you put me in a car with a stranger now and said, You've got to get in the. You've got to go in the car to Edinburgh with a random person. I'd be like, "Oh my days! What am I going to talk about? It's going to be awkward." Give me that same person. Say you going to play in eighteen holes together. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or, or
1: even in that car with someone who's into golf. Yeah, I feel like the topic of golf certainly gets people talking. And like you say, there were people exchanging numbers, talking about having rounds together, mm-hmm. and they'd literally met that evening, that night, um, which was great. Great to see. Um, I, I definitely think more community events is is the the future. Absolutely. You know, we saw it with like, we. Well, I mean, we've done them in the past, back in 2019, we did a range night, back in the day, before then COVID hit and stuff. Obviously, we've had two years where, kind of socializing hasn't been the the, the done thing, because of uh, viruses, etc. But, I think now, we, after we've come out of that, to be able to open the floodgates up to more events, more meetups. Because um, I, I think that really kind of connects people together, and keeps people playing golf for longer as well, mm. when you meet different friends, and different, connections absolutely right, so like, i'll come and play at your club are you come and play at mine and suddenly you've got a nice little group of uh group of friends going on
2: today's podcast is going to be a good one um it's going to be one of those ones as well though we sometimes say well if you're listening don't worry about it but it might be a little bit better to maybe go back and watch it on youtube as well there's gonna be a couple of things you've got to see yeah first thing is this table We've had it recoated, and it uh, it looks absolutely class,
1: doesn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure if people, yeah, they might not even be able to pick it up, but hopefully you can. From where where we were sat at the table in the studio here, we've had uh, we've had now for over a year, and many many podcasts, many many guests, and I think it was probably when Richard Hammond came to the podcast, and he sat exactly where you are now, and he had to peel the microphone from the desk because it got weirdly sticky because yeah. of the paint. Kind of looked at me and Guy and was like, "Yeah, I think we need to do something." And as well, here. when he was talking, he kept
2: fiddling with a little bit of chip paint, but it looks really good now. So if, if that's if that's not reason enough to switch from listening to the podcast to watching it, then I'd, it's literally <laughs> like watching paint dry. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I've got something here, Rick, that I've told you about off air. Yes, that I want to show you. So the other day, I was at my mum's house, and I found something that intrigued me, okay, that excited me, that brought back memories, and this is it. So what you're gonna see here. Is a weird folder. It was a weird folder. Goosebumps. Do you ever remember Goosebumps? Not at all. So Goosebumps were a franchise of light, very like light-hearted horror stories. When I was in primary school, they were all the rage. And I do this weird thing where I used to get Goosebumps books all the time, right, right? But never read them. I didn't really like, what about you? I didn't really like reading. Yeah, yeah, I liked having all the books and telling people I've got all the books. <laughs> this was a folder that has the book's kind of logo on it. However, the exciting part is inside this. So again, we'll film some of this and we'll insert it in the video podcast. This, inside this folder, is...
1: It's like a, it's like a, an assignment.
2: It is. So this is called Golf. What a good name. Okay. By Guy Charnock. <laughs> and it's, well, written, first published June 1999, so I was eight years old, nearly nine. Okay. okay. And this would have been when I was in that like year four or five at school. Yeah, it was, writing's very neat. It, yeah, it's good in parts. It was a school project. You could do anything you want. I can vaguely remember it. I chose golf, right? But what was insane, this has been kept almost in pristine condition since 1999 to 23 years old. Inside it, there's some absolute gems. So an all but the history of golf, right? There's little articles, cutouts, stuff like that, and old Tom Morris in there. But there was a couple of things that really excited me about this. Not only the fact that I got four house points for doing it, nice. and the teacher that had done very well, but within it, and we get this out for you to have a look at now. Yeah, I'm right, it's good. It is quite good, yeah. There was um, all different golfers, so all the best players in the world, they did about all the equipment and stuff. But in here, I've actually got loads of cutouts from golf magazines, wow. again, that have been sat there, pristine. So this one was a golf, um, sorry, a Callaway Golf, the biggest big Bertha driver. I can't remember that? That was the driver of the day. That but here,
1: genuinely, seemed it was ginormous. Too big.
2: But this, but it's not, is arguably the best bit. So this is like, do you ever remember these? They were like little golf before the internet was really a big thing. There you go. It's from what? County Golf, and it's like a golf like what's the word? I can't think. Like not magazine. Um, brochure? brochure. Sales brochure. Sales brochure. With all different products in there. Oh my! You've got apparel. God. You've got clubs. You've got clothing. But looking through it was absolutely insane and how good condition it is. Unbelievable. There's literally I've got this links. not got a
1: date on it, has it? But
2: well it would have been again 99. from that. But what the so the reason there's two reasons why I'm showing you this. The wow. first reason is if you look at how many golf brands back then were massive and now discontinued. So I've yeah. got one here, links.
1: Well first off is county golf still going? So no, but if you look on the back of yeah. it,
2: it's direct it's, sorry, it's Clubhouse, Clubhouse golf, golf, which is not far from our office. But there's loads of golf brands in that that were at the time were super premium that now are just discontinued or almost (laughs) like cheap brands,
1: which is bizarre. There's like really classic Nike, like golf shirts, because this is only a couple of years after Nike really got into it with the introduction of Tiger and stuff. So in here,
2: though, I've got Lynx Golf, which do make clubs now, but not quite what they used to be, let's be honest. We've also got Olimar. Remember Olimar? I do. I do. But if you look through that, you've got your Rams. There's
1: so many random brands. The Greg Norman Collection clothing. Yeah, that was that massive. used to be massive. Yeah, it was absolutely huge. Greg Norman now does a lot of other things. <laughs> um, Ralph Lauren. Classic Ralph Lauren.
2: Golf balls. We've got these. So these were some of the golf balls at the time that were the premium. Tor Torbalata. Okay. Maxfly HT Balata. Precept MC Spin. Nike Precision Tor Control, and this is the bizarre one. Slazinger, at the time, were class Slazinger 420S Select. Now, obviously, a lot of people now will think of Slazinger as being like a sports direct own brand cheap. At the time, they were absolutely class.
1: I feel like I'm flicking through like a piece of like it's, history. It is. It's Stylo golf shoes. I do remember Stylo. Well, look, I'm on a page here that's talking about the new tailor-made burner driver, But this isn't the burner driver that that we know of now. I mean, it doesn't actually say the head size, but the head size looks like a five wood. (laughs) Um, you know what's funny about those golf balls? Can I almost guess they all say longer, straighter, more consistent, better feel. (laughs) Like what do
2: golf balls say now? (laughs)
1: Exactly all the same. Like this is this is a headline from a a set of tailor-made LCG irons. We're actually a lady set. Easier to hit easier to get in the air and hard harder to miss greens oh my word
2: harder to miss green imagine testing that now on youtube
1: what a great line that is harder to miss greens so i'm going to try and miss the green here
2: (laughs) my word so part of this little um school um thing that i did i did about the clothing and this was a bit about trousers it said trousers can be plain or patterned but must be smart
1: I feel like I definitely had some of these clubs, like the House and DJ House 100s. House were a massive brand. Nine irons, three to sandwich. Guess the price. £399. Nine. £95. Pounds. Oh, my word. So three for for nine irons. I mean, great, granted, probably weren't the best clubs in the world, House and DJ 100s. They don't sound great. You get 45-day money-back guarantee. And they were £95. That's insane.
2: That's insane. If, you, if you listen to this, we will put some of this in the video, so I'm like, watch it.
1: Also, I've got on here Hippo. Yes. Hippo Beast 98 wood, okay, because it was, came out in 98. Um, now, only fifty nine ninety nine. Oh, my days. The new supersized head is manufactured from the most advanced 15.5 stainless steel. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? You the, get, by the way, you get a free beast graphite head cover with that. Ah,
2: but the real reason I brought this in, so my contents of this um, project was page one, history of golf. I won't bore people with that. Page six, famous golfers. Page 29, equipment and clothing. But then it was page 49 that really got me interested. The so, future of golf. <laughs> there will be a man called Rick Shields. <laughs> because, so again, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to link it into live, and this is going to make sense. So I've obviously been in more recent week kind of, I've kind of put my position as a bit more, I'm not feeling live And I don't want to say I'm against live. Some people sometimes think I am. I'm not against live. I'm just not massively feeling it yet, okay? Yet could be the key word. And the reason that I am at the moment still pro kind of DP World Tour and pro um, PJ Tour is the fact that when golfers win, it feels like to them it means more, and to me it means more. Yeah, We're going to come on to BMW shortly, yeah. and obviously Shane Larry winning, and you can see how much it meant to him. But I, looked, I watched that event, and seeing whoever's going to win that event, I thought someone's going to win this today, obviously. Someone's going to win the BMW PJ Championship, the marquee event on the European Tour. Why does that mean so much to me? Why do I see that as being such a real um, monumental win? Is it the fact the media tell me that, or is it something else? Both, I guess. But here's maybe one reason. So, this again, this is from 1999, and my last um, chapter in this book was my trip to the Volvo PJ Championship at Wentworth. Oh, my goodness. So, the 31st of May, um, which was a practice day, Uh, in 1999.
1: Because it was in May for a long time, only a couple of years ago. And
2: it obviously used to be Volvo before it was PJ. I don't know if it was somebody else after Volvo and before BB... Sorry, before BMW, but anyway... So what my little thing here was about every year Volvo host and I put the brackets the car make a PJ competition at Wentworth Golf Club in Surrey. It lasts four days. Oh, it did. <laughs> it should do normally. The winner is the one who has the lowest score overall. Blah blah blah. There was my ticket in there. I went with my family and my brother's friend. I got lots of autographs. My brother got a signed glove from Sergio Garcia, <laughs> which is quite wow, fitting for this. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and there's a little like. Um, program thing, on tea time sheet, which I'll look through in a bit. I won't bore everyone with that. And at the end, it says the winner was Colin Montgomery. His score was 18 under par, right? Wow. So from me being eight years old, obviously I went to that event and I saw that event as being a massive deal and a real prestigious event.
1: So it's ingrained into then, isn't it? And what was mad? It was a massive event then.
2: Of course it was, yeah. So you're then going to hold these things on some level of a
1: pedestal. There's 23 years of knowing that event. Yeah. The, the, you've known about Exactly. An event, and, and you probably even knew it before that. Yeah. Maybe only a few years before that, but well, it's been a, around for a long time. So that time.
2: then, when when these live events come around and they've been kind of invented in the last six months and somebody wins them and we hear about the prize money and stuff like that, it's quite hard to then really give that event meaning. However, and this is the flip side, I hope people are still listening who are very pro-live, <laughs> If you are 8, 9, 10 now and you get taken to your first live event, obviously I've been to one, I went to the one at Centurion and it was a great experience, I'll be honest. Imagine being 10 years old now, going back to school and talking to your teacher about the live event you went to go and watch and seeing uh, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, etc. If live is still here in 20 years' time, which it may well be, the funding they've got, people then, youngsters and middle age, maybe young middle-aged people, We'll certainly be looking at Live and putting it on a pedestal as well. Yep. So I, I guess I, I know I'm taking a very long way of explaining this point, but my point is that the reason I don't feel this love yet for Live is that it takes time, and I think that's something that I need to remember, and maybe more people need to think about that. You're not going to look at a Live winner already as being oh my god they've won a Live event, but when the BM when the PJ was very very first held, whatever year that would be, which have I'm going to tell
1: you in a minute, would people have felt that then? I, I don't know. The PGA Championship dates back to 1955. Wow. Now, it's been at a number of different venues. In fact, quite interestingly, it used to get played on Lynx golf courses. Ah, like It's played at Royal Birkdale. It's played at um, St. George's. Hillside have even featured wow. the PGA Championship. But really, when it became kind of a more um, kind of s- flagship event, na- 1984, it started to play be played at Wentworth. Ah. So, at 19, so like, what's that, 38 years, it's been played at one venue. Yeah. That's it. It was the Volvo Championship from the date of 88 all the way to 2004. Then it became the BMW So, it hadn't been those two. Um, oh, before that, no, it's been a few other things. Sorry, I meant, from, I meant from since Wentworth. then. Yeah. The other thing as well, when you actually look at the list of players that have won the PGA Championship, yeah. okay, I'm just going to reel off a few Sevi Ballesteros, Nick Faldo. Bernard Langer, Jose Maria Olazabal, Colin Montgomery, as you mentioned, yeah. Ian Woosnam, Colin Montgomery actually won it in, in 98, yeah. 99, and 2000. Same. Three years on the bounce. You've got guys who, you know, Paul Casey, Luke Donald, Rory McIlroy, Manicero, Chris Wood, and obviously, as we get more current, Alex Noren, Frank, uh, Francesco Molinari. Like These are big, big names in the world of golf. Yeah, You know, not even just European golf in world golf. And I think, like you say, it, it brings that level of stature. I've been lucky enough to go in the clubhouse, and I think you've been in Cl- Wentworth yeah, clubhouse yeah. as well. Do you remember walking down the corridor? Yes. And you've got all of the... you've Each winner donates a golf club yeah. to, the, to Wentworth, and you walk down, you've got all these golf clubs in glass cabinets, and it says underneath it, you know, what club... Why was it momentous? Mom, mom, yeah. Why was it important in that event? And it's all of that history. Up until this morning... I didn't know how much Shane Lowry had won. I still don't know. And I didn't care. I'm guessing it's over a mil. Yeah, 1.3. Yeah. But I honestly didn't care. And I watched it last night. There's a couple of takes I want to go in, definitely dive into this Wentworth. By the way, this is amazing. It's cool, isn't it? Oh, this is so... <laughs> but just a quick one before we come into Wentworth. Uh, ISO double straps. Yes, they were massive. Massive. This honestly, this is so, How so good cool. condition is it? Unbelievable. I don't even want to like ruin it at so all. So we'll we'll put some the thing is though, I remember leading the that's, that's why
2: it's so cool to look back at it. We might put some uh, images on the the story of the podcast Instagram so go and check that out Rick Shields golf show as well. Head covers oh. on the back
1: iron head covers on yeah. the back. Some things haven't changed. Um there's a couple of takes that I want to definitely dive into with the um, Wentworth. this weekend was Obviously, should have been scheduled four rounds with the passing of the Queen on Thursday. Friday's play respectfully didn't get played, so it ended up being 54 holes. Um, Interestingly, <laughs> Liv is obviously Can 54 s- holes. Just on that, though,
2: obviously it was for a um, terrible reason why it was only 54 holes, and, and everybody understands that. Put that to one side just for a second, though. I actually
1: enjoyed it being 54 holes. I was going to say that. Let's say, just for example, I know it was all awful situation, like as guy said, but let's say that was an actual rain delay. Yeah. Like for, for that reason. Do I think any less of Shane Lowry winning that event because no. it's 54 holes, not a bit? Was the final day any less dramatic because it was 54 nope. holes, not a tiny bit? For me, personally, as a viewer, I actually found it much more entertaining. 100%. And I, and I found myself being able to consume more of it. Even it's not a shotgun start, it's yeah, yeah. normal regulation play. I consumed a lot more of it because it wasn't for four days solid.
2: I think you're right. And obviously, um, that's what Liv's doing, 54 holes. And in, in some way, it's kind of in a pioneer with that. But I actually think there's something to it because you've got the first day. It's the first day you want to watch it, see how the course is and see how people get on. That's done. you then got the second day. You could call moving day. Yeah, exactly. You could then, if you obviously Liv don't have a cut, but you could then have your cut. Then you've got the final day. It feels quite simple, like you've got one, two, three.
1: Yeah. I also... Really, really love, and and again, I know Wentworth. I've been lucky enough to play Wentworth. I've seen events there dating back to 1955 at at Wentworth, but but from uh, 1984 at Wentworth, I know the holes. I know they've been redesigned by Ernie Els actually back in the day, but I know the holes. There was something actually quite special watching the players let's say John Rahn when he got Clubhouse lead, mm-hmm. what a round of golf that Insane. was as well. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm sure there was some motivation to to um deconquer uh Patrick Reed off the top on of On the last day, board. I
2: think he was Patrick Reed wearing live golf gear? I believe so. Imagine if he'd have won the flagship DP World Tour event, getting his picture with the trophy with live golf I gear think on. Somehow
1: they would have disqualified it. It would have broke the internet. John Rahm obviously wanted to, to knock him off, and he did. Um, unbelievable round of golf. Ridiculous. Under that much pressure. I don't, I can't comprehend how these guys can do it. No, I don't. I can't comprehend. The other thing that I definitely noticed, the crowds, after watching again, but live recently, the crowds at, at BMW were massive. Mm-hmm. Massive. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what the, the capacity numbers, but it was definitely seemed like a much more popular um, event. I want to come on to an email in a minute about the crowds, uh, which I think would be an interesting talking point. Um, but overall I love the fact that John Rahm had got in the clubhouse and then you had guys playing the last four or five holes knowing what they had to do yeah. I, I really like that I really like that a lot and, and watching like Shane Lowry like is he going to mess it up watching Rory McIlroy trying to like, like trying to come back and trying to make birdies and eagles and you've got John Rahm who had to sit there I think for nearly three hours or two and a half hours waiting to find out if he's going to be in a playoff yeah, whether he's going to win it something really good about that and, and it gripped me I was watching it and I was gripped. Um. So again I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm watching golf in a very different way at the moment. I feel like I'm I'm trying to analyze my viewing experience of watching golf I, which yeah. I'm not in, I'm not personally enjoying. I just want to watch golf and enjoy it, but I feel like I almost have to have an opinion. I'm almost analyzing the product too much. No, 100% and
2: I am and it's also it's very hard to compare because you're always comparing apples to oranges. For example, Wentworth is the flagship event on the PJ Tour. So when we talk and it's near London, so when we talk about crowds, which you, you're totally correct, there's going to be big crowds. It's the biggest event. It's got the best players. If you then compare that to, let's just say, the Made in Denmark, what were the crowds like there? Um, and, and did I watch much? Exactly, really. and that's the thing. So it's very hard to compare live, and you don't have to. You know, I think I'm kind of sometimes I feel like I have to have a preference to to tell people and, and have my view, but you can obviously like both. And also, you know, you know, we, we know full well that there's a. Um, it's a tough economic time for people out there. Live is free to err. You know, not everyone can afford Sky or Now TV, or whatever. Which you know, it gets expensive. You've got other things to pay for. Live every time it's on will be free to her on YouTube. Now, a lot of people have smartphones or everyone can watch that. So that's another thing that's kind of semi pro. Live. So there's lots to weigh up, but yeah. it's two very different kind of schools. It does feel like it, certainly in the social media world, it's quite polarized, and people are either Team DP World Tour or whatever, or PJ Tour or Team Live. But I think there's definitely, it's definitely
1: making it a better product for everybody at the moment. I was surprised. I was monitoring it quite closely how the live guys would do this week. Some did well. Some did very well. Um, I was also trying to find out what the reaction was like. Mm. And for me, from what I saw, and again, I wasn't present this week. So you might have heard, there, there might have been some booze that wasn't, it seemed like they got a good reception. Yeah. Like it seemed like they were actually welcomed the the fans there were clapping and cheering when even patrick reed who maybe isn't most people's favorite when he announced him on the first tee got a lovely round of applause i think that's
2: too far i think typically very stereotypical of me but i'm going to say it most people who go to watch a golf tournament are respectful I'll come on to that in a minute. And um, secondly, I think we'd be quite naive to think that just people have paid to go watch a PJ uh, European Tour event, DP World Tour event. They can't also be a live fan. Yeah. You, know, you could have guys that have gone for a day out, three or four mates having a couple of beers, who might love the DP World Tour. It's of course are entitled to do, but might also be massive live fans.
1: Yeah. They might have gone to Centurion
2: and to Wentworth. Exactly. It's not a black. It's not a you know a binary thing. It's not one or the other.
1: Right now, I don't think I've ever wanted. I just want all the tours to get on. See, I don't. I love the beat. No, I, I feel like it's breaking up the, the the game and the viewing experience a little bit too much now. In f- what sense? Because I, I feel like it, it's too hostile and it's a bit, you know, there's lots of finger pointing and, and lots of people in the media that have dif- different agendas like Sergio Garcia pulling out. Yeah. Okay. Retiring after the first round. He shot 76 and he pulled out. For reasons that I don't believe is disclosed yet.
2: I, I, not that I've heard I don't know if he was injured or what
1: the next day or two days after he was he was over in America watching a college football game um you know seemed to be enjoying himself actually there was weirdly scottish sheffler um but like all the fingers got pointed oh he's pulled out and mm. it, you know he, he's, he's got his live money and doesn't support the european tour and I, I just don't know I just I feel at the moment I don't like this kind of you know did I did I see any live players featuring in the they weren't featuring the feature groups they didn't play in the Pro-Am at all. They weren't invited to play in the Pro-Am. Um, I felt like the, the, the coverage didn't show them at all. Social media was, was almost like those 12 or, 12 or 13 players didn't even feature in the event. I just don't like it. I just, I just hope something gets rectified where I think, I personally think everything can sit along and work. I think the mm. PJ. Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five
0: different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
3: And Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: So DP Will tour live can all fit into a place and it can all work.
2: I think they can fit into a place, definitely, but I don't think they can get along. I think that's two separate things because ultimately the D live have come out of nowhere really and, and essentially bought the best players to go over. And I, the reason I kind of like the semi rivalries partly I think it makes for good entertainment. Like watching that video of, was it Billy Horschel and Ian Poulter, Poulter kind of almost not fighting, but having words. That's for me is entertainment. And also I do believe that, you know, when you've got a monopoly, which essentially you kind of had, you don't understand if you're getting the best value as a viewer. When you've got two rivaling tours going head to head, I think it'll make both tours better and more enjoyable to watch and hopefully offer a better product. So I think it's good for people.
1: I'm not enjoying it at the moment. I, you said you enjoyed it at the weekend. I enjoyed it, but I'm not enjoying the the tension between it all. All oh, right. Yeah, well, I just don't like. I just I just think it's unnecessary. And I don't know where it started or where it's going to get to. You know, I feel like it's just in a weird spot at the moment where it feels like everything's kind of being affected. And you know, talking about Ryder Cup points going out this weekend and uh, or this week that's just gone. And it just, I don't know, I just think, I feel like it smashed it up too much.
2: I suppose the worst place it can get to in that sense then is the fact that it comes out where live players are genuinely banned from PJ Tour and DP World Tour and potentially some of the majors in the Ryder Cup. And then they have their own thing. And then obviously DP World and PGA Tour have their own thing. And it just becomes two separate things. Even in that sense, obviously, you know, the, you'd think the bickering would die down then because they just both go their own ways. I still believe then you've got two products that the viewers can enjoy. Mm. The only downside is there could be events on at the same week, and you have got to make the decision of which do I watch, do I watch the PJ tour, or do to I watch live? Yeah,
1: I don't understand that if it was real golf and mini golf because they're two different almost events, but these are two, they're still golf events. Yeah. Still, <clears throat> yeah, not. The, I'm not the biggest fan of it at the moment. I feel like it's gone a bit too. What far. would you
2: want it to? If if you could like have a magic wand, what would be your thing then? A magic
1: wand on? would not to have live players committed potentially. But I think they had to commit because them leaving PJ tour was a massive risk for them. Mm-hmm. So they needed that upfront commitment. But if there was, if there was no massive risk for them to leave and they could be, still be a PJ tour member and eight times a year, 10 times a year, you have one of these special events. Mm-hmm. It almost replaces, let's say the WGC, which I've not got a load of yeah, connection yeah. for, um, you know, it, it suddenly becomes a different format. It's a team event you know, it's individual because like I said, there's a lot of things that I like in live and I think it will get better, but I just feel like it could have all just kind of sat and worked together. Mm. I, I don't believe they initially set off this kind of needed to be rivalry because it weren't the talks. I mean, we, when we spoke, sat down with Andy Gardner years ago, who, who brought, had this idea of the premier golf league, it was going to be like a, he was trying to connect with the PGA Tour and the mm-hmm. European Tour and things at the time. And I feel like it's they've kind of sh- put the shutter down and obviously the liver has taken a similar concept and just gone, right, we're just going to have to run with it.
2: Yeah,
1: it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's,
2: who knows? I think next year, 2023 and certainly 2024, we'll have a much more um, stable ships, potentially.
1: Got go uh, your email, then. So I won't say who it is, Anonymous, but it starts with Chavs. At Wentworth. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, right. Anonymous. Just, just
2: for anyone in America, can we describe what a chav is? I
1: wonder what an American term for a chav is. Let it's me just like, see if there is a, a thing for that. Um,
2: chav in America. Obviously, UK listeners will will know what a chav is. It's
1: typically someone that is, you think of a young male, typically. Um, what is the American version of a chav? I feel like I might offend someone here by saying this. Hmm, not sure that's how... Really?
2: No, I can't Maybe just it. Google it. Maybe someone that's a bit loud no, who, and
1: may, maybe not
2: someone who you'd expect to see at a golf event. Potentially, but yeah, okay. But then I suppose you can detect that there's no definition of a chav that fits for everyone. So you could just like sometimes I'll wear clothing. But that looks a bit chavvy because it's a pair of trainers they might but it doesn't mean you're a bad person. So it's quite I'm intrigued to see this emails going.
1: I just got back from Wentworth. And I just wanted to share my thoughts on the experience, especially my views on this tournament's possible attracting a happy Gilmore-style crowd, right? Okay. I say possibly it did in some capacity. I first want to point out that I'm not against golf attracting new types of fans. It's definitely moved on from slacks and the old-fashioned, boring stereotype sports, which isn't. However, after spending 10 hours at Wentworth yesterday surrounded by the most perfect golf setting... The sight, I think it's a bit stereotyping here, the sight of a North Face t-shirt, a man bag, and the scent of blueberry vape wafting (laughs) through the air whilst phones are pinging certainly dampen the atmosphere.
2: I get the vape bit.
1: To elaborate things, the 14th behind the Greens is a big bar. A large group of males were chanting songs as if they were at a football match. And when Billy Horschel was walking up the green Bubbles were blown at him.
2: Well, it's because it's a West Ham
1: fan. West Ham supports apparently. We have to ask yourself, one, why are grown men walking around with children entertainment tours? Two, this is not what we, proper golf fans,
2: I hate that straight away, You've lost um,
1: Want to see. Have a beer, but let's face it, it's not football, this is golf, which traditionally respects et- the etiquette, in my opinion, set this sports above others. Um, I am a 31-year-old, Four handicapper that sounds like me, who admittedly does wear his tightless golf hat backwards, rebel, with his foot drawers at golfing events. Mm. Therefore, um, and although I may look a bit like a, use a swear word here, um, I believe I'm totally qualified in voicing my opinion <laughs> that your average golf fan does not want these type of people at these events. Wow,
2: that's a lot to unpack and a lot to digest. I think. Um for my views, for what it's worth...
1: Just a quick, quick one. one, I think this person wants me to agree with him. Yeah, I've got absolutely, of course they do. Because he's put, he's put it's, not what, it's not what we proper golf fans want to see. Yeah.
2: Everybody has their own opinion, obviously, of course they do. And that's why, if you're watching this video and you want to um, comment below, feel free to, to, to voice your opinion. We do read most of them, we reply to a lot of them, and I know Rick likes to love Heart the Good Ones as well, as do I. Um, but I think... I would say if you if you went to um this is quite stereotypical but a football stadium. There can be sometimes in, in small, thankfully, in very small numbers, violence and swearing and people drinking again in in very small numbers. And unfortunately, the way the media portrays things and was human, the way we da- we look at those as being much more often than they actually are. Yeah. So, you know, you hear about the football casuals who go for fights and stuff. I don't think I've ever seen that myself personally, but you do hear about it. But again, it's very small numbers. I think, thankfully, whenever I've been to a golf tournament, I've never once seen a fight. That doesn't mean it's never happened, but I've never seen a fight. You do see people having a drink, but I've never seen really that many people absolutely bladdered and, and causing a, a scene. Um, But having said that... It's very hard to stereotype people because they've got a North Face t-shirt on and a man bag and a vape. I'm not a huge fan of when someone's vaping all in your face and it's dead. It stinks, but that's one thing. But you can't have it both ways. You can't want to have an event that's good and that's lively, but then also expect everybody that goes in to be like you mm-hmm. and want to wear the tightest cap on and foot. I would, you know, I could say, well, I look at someone's wearing golf She'd think, Why wearing golf shoes at a golf event, mate? Yeah. You're know, on the course yourself. You might say it gives better
1: grip. I don't know,
2: but. Yeah, it's, it's a str- very strange, yeah.
1: What do you think? I, I don't, I, uh, to be honest, I don't agree with his email and and for a number of reasons. I, I do think that fans, regardless of, of how they dress, um, are, are welcome to golf events for stars. I think you should be able to wear what you want to a golf event and most people do. Yeah, Most people wear golf gear because they, they want to and that's fine. But I think you should be able to wear what you want. With regards to things like, drinking, it's definitely become a lot more popular now mm-hmm. at, at golf events and sporting events in general. Yeah. Like I've been invited to the cricket loads of times. I don't care one bit about cricket, but I get sold on if yeah, it's going to be a, a mad like boozy event. Huge
2: foam finger. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I've actually never been, but I'm like, I could go to that. Yeah. Are these guys potentially maybe not golf fans? Are they being invited by other people and going, oh, come to the golf? And they're going, I don't really want to come to golf. Oh, it's going to be a good date. we can have loads of booze. And, and maybe, just maybe, they'll go go actually, that was quite good yeah i actually enjoyed that i'm gonna go again next year i'm gonna go again next year start playing or i'm ever? gonna start playing i'm gonna start you know supporting i really like that billy horschel guy because when we chanted at him he, he smiled and he waved and he threw a golf ball at me or whatever like um the chanting as long as it's done respectfully I, i'm okay with yeah just as long as it's done respectfully um regards to blowing bubbles is that a west ham thing yeah right so i don't i'm not a problem with that one bit at all um what was the other bit? Yeah, I think dress, dress how you want. Yeah. Chant, as long as it's respectful. As long as you're not doing it in people's shots. Maybe phones pinging. Maybe there should be a little bit more of a, of a presence on phones on silent. Mm-hmm. You see now, when you look behind any golfer hitting, there's, there's 10, 15, yeah, 20 phones being lifted up recording. Um, so yeah, maybe on silence, I can live with that. Um, but as long as it's not upsetting the players, as long as it's not interfering with play or upsetting the players... Or, like say, someone getting so larry that they're being a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, do you remember at the Open back at Carnoustie in 2018? 98, 98, oh, was it Tiger who was hitting his tee shots? And there's a big grandstand hospitality on the left-hand side and someone shouting in the back of his backswing. Oh, I don't remember that. And, and he, that person got escorted out. So as long as the, the security staff, the people who are running the event are doing their best to, to manage it, I don't see a problem. I agree. I
2: think, have a drink. But don't be a drunk idiot. Yeah, I think that's the, but that's the case in any walk of life. I don't want to walk into a nice bar with my wife and be a drunk idiot. A lot's more likely when you get them. I don't want anyone to be a drunk idiot. Yeah, like you said, phone on silent, perfect. Don't I don't I'm, as I've said I'm, on on podcasts before. I'm not a huge fan of the throwing beer, at um, sawgrass, yeah. not sawgrass, uh, at stadium, course whatever. But that that's my view. Other people but think again, it's the great. Other,
1: the other thing with Scottsdale, and I know we had a big talking talk of that. Turn up in fancy dress if you want, yeah. cheer, have a good time. But like I said, there's got to be some level of a boundary.
2: Well, that's it. And it's like the cheering. I wouldn't have an issue with people cheering as long as... There's kind of a ruling golf, isn't it? Unwritten really don't sing or talk on someone's shot. And I think that's fair enough. So if you've got a player who stood over the golf ball and they're about to hit the shot, it's ideally stay as quiet as you possibly can. Once they've hit it, I'm not a huge fan of getting the hole. But if you want to do that and you feel like you have to do that, then do it if that pleases you. But... Yeah, I think it, I'm not keen on on that the way he's addressed that email. I think he's got some points that I agree with, but it sounds like he's quite um, judgmental of what people were. Yeah,
1: seems like he's had a kind of a bad, ex- yeah, bad experience. But because people don't quite suit his flipping narrative. that
2: to good experiences. Then um, Friday we have got an absolute banger of Break Seventy Five coming out. Yes, we're not going to give too many spoilers because it's that good. <laughs> if it's bad, you will get a refund.
1: So I've not played golf up until that point for three weeks solid. Yeah. And it could have gone one or two ways. So find out which way it goes, whether it's horrendous or whether it's actually phenomenal. And
2: there were some shots from both of us you do not want to miss. It was really fun round of golf. The edit's coming together now. I think it's going to show a lot of that. It's going to be one of those ones that hopefully people smile at while they watch it. So that's a big, big video. Um Coming on Friday, hopefully. Well, it should be. Let's let's yeah. say it is.
1: So with the break seventy five as well. Just a quick reminder that yeah, we are going to continue them through this week, through the year. We're not going to stop them, but they probably just not be every single week. So uh, see, it's a nice Friday treat if we get if we get one out. We'll try and do every week, but it's just sometimes impossible.
2: Yeah, we had somebody kind of tell us off in the Facebook group the other day. I don't know if you saw this. He was obviously a, a big fan of the videos, which is, is great, and um, he was saying that there was no break seventy five on Friday, which there wasn't. It was the ones get edited for this Friday. And he was like, Well, you do a podcast once a week and you filmed once. That's three and a half days of doing nothing. I was like, he has a point, to be fair. Yeah. But actually, obviously, I actually like, love hearted his comment. Yeah. It's like, obviously, the videos take a lot of editing to get them out. But I've got some, speaking of Facebook group, some great questions from the Facebook group. Rick, you're walking down the street, you see a guy, and he says, Love the videos, Rick, love the podcast. You say, Thank you. He goes, I'm just not sure whether to join the Facebook group or not. What would you okay. say to him? <clears throat> Um, well, well first of all, where do I f I've heard about it but where do I find it?
1: Search the Rick Shares Golf Show podcast in Facebook okay. and we'll present it with a group. It's invite only. Is it? No, it's not quite <laughs> you, you press invite or you press accept or whatever, join, and then we vet you. Yeah. We do a background check on you. Um and, and if you pass all 17 tests, do you you're you're in? actually get in. Um, so things like do you wear a tightless cap backwards? You're out. It's an amber. Do you do wear you know north I mean? face? maybe get in green you're in
2: (laughs) so there you go if you're not a member of the group that's why you should join it Um, but we've had some great questions Um, a mixture of different vibes and as always people want to hear your thoughts on it first one is and also get your name read out as well so it's quite something quite good Um, (laughs) Barnaby Cook has said
1: Rick Barnaby Cook what is the sexiest thing about golf first off what a great name yeah it is Barnaby Cook um i think the sexiest thing about golf now is to say you're a golfer
2: wow okay
1: because I, I think back in the day that would have been um kind of responded with very different take as it is now mm-hmm. i think back in the day i remember i remember, genuinely i remember meeting my wife 15 years ago now and, and she said well, what does he do for a living She's chatting up in a bar do you know what i mean and i said <laughs> I'm, I'm a golfer and she was like oh what now i literally will say it to people or and like when i was on the holiday i mean Bit of lift talk and you're chatting to, but oh, I play golf and they go, "What? You you golf? Oh my god!" Like, and it's such a different. It's a bit now. you like sort
2: of missed out there when you said to your wife at the f- when you first met, "I'm a golfer." Went, oh really? You you good then? Are you on on the telly? No. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah.
1: I actually told her <laughs> I sold Mars bars in a pro it shop. Maybe
2: that that was the. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. D- golf's definitely getting cooler. Um, I think the section about golf is when you hit, which I did in the video coming up soon. You have to watch it. A wedge shot. Off the fairway, and you take that perfect divot that's like square, the right length, and you catch the ball flush, and it lands, takes a hop, and just spins. That is, that is the best. Very nice. Um, Simon Day has said, "Does hitting off range match mats damage your clubs?" No so
1: either you get that weird green stuff on yeah, it occasionally that cold I was say, like, that's quite hard to scrub off sometimes and just be careful you don't have a mat that's like got a few stones on it and stuff that can mm, sometimes scratch the club face uh, but no if you've got a nice mat it shouldn't, it shouldn't do any damage at all
2: question for you and I'm going to try and ask you a question within this and okay. you've got to try and prove me wrong so Michael um, Gibbard has said how do I get more consistent I work away for two weeks then have a week off where I can play two days and I get no practice at work. Now, my question for you, Rick, is this. i got some evidence potentially to back this up. Do we ever actually get more consistent at golf? And the reason I ask you that, we might get better and our ability to sco- sc- score lower. Mimuli Lee at Wentworth shot 76, 62, 70. Crazy not it. Minwoo Lee is good enough right now to shoot a ten under par around Wentworth. The day before he shot four over. It's mental. That's a fourteen shot swing of one of the, you know, top one hundred golfs in the world. How do we get more consistent? Is it actually a thing?
1: <sighs> it's a great point. I think you your worst shots just get better. Yeah. Like everyone's worst shots probably just get a little bit better as you p- improve, but Consistency is one of the hardest things in the world to do. It really is. Like you'll you can see it at a driving range. Like, even if you had 10 balls lined up and everything's the same, yeah. everything, yeah, nothing changes whatsoever. To hit those 10 shots, even close to looking like each other, it's very, very mm. difficult. Because the complexity of moving a golf club around your body at high speeds to hit a <laughs> ball, which is stationary, by the way, obviously. But to hit that with any level of consistency is so outrageously difficult. And, I mean, there obviously are some
2: golfers, everyone I've at the club, that guy who's off five, who always seems to shoot around six over or whatever, like something like that. But actually, this is a, a strange point. Consistency for golfers is often the dream. I'd love to be consistent, right? But actually, would we want to be? Because, stupid analogy, I'm taking this well too far, let's say if... Every time you played golf, every time you played golf, you got a par, Yeah. right? So you shoot 72, depending on obviously the par, every time you play golf. That sounds good on paper, but let it soak in. That would get boring. Yeah, it would. You, Everybody loves, like, again, without giving too much away, I made a par on the first hole at break 75. Second, Second hole, where I shanked it from nowhere. Then oh, chi- sorry. It was the first one. Good tee shot. Correct. Then shanked one from just a ridiculous shank, almost out of bounds. Found it, chipped it to eight foot, rolled in this big par putt. The feeling from that was like brilliant. But you wouldn't get that necessarily if you were always fairway, green,
1: two putt. <laughs> if it's, someone said you can make par, make par on every single hole, okay, mm-hmm. but every hole, every par is gonna be different. Like as in, that like, would be. Do you know what I mean? Fun. Somehow you are gonna make par on every hole. But it doesn't mean you're gonna hit fairway green two put.
2: But yeah, but what would you tell again? Forget about videos and stuff now. What would you What would you tell your friend? What would you more like to ring your friend about when you got in the car after golf? The fact that you went around with eighteen pars, or if you went nine bogeys and then nine birdies. Yeah, you would. So I think although we all aim for consistency, and I definitely would love to be more consistent. Actually, I think that's just golf. That some days you go out and nothing goes right, and that's frustrating. Other days, whatever, it just clicks, and that's what keeps it fun. If it was
1: always level. You probably
2: wouldn't really be that bothered. No, but anyway, yeah, you um, need
1: you need those ups and downs.
2: So but, I've got another good one. Ready? Yeah. Max Thomas has said, "Our golf club has changed the colours of all the tees to prompt people into using the correct tees for their game and taking the stigma out of the ladies' tee." In addition to this, do you think more clubs should create more tees forward and back to get more people involved? Yeah, quite simply. Yeah,
1: I, I do. I think. People will still always call them ladies tees at the front. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they have to be. They can be called front tees, middle tees, back tees, tournament tees, whatever. And then I remember in America, this was years and years and years ago, I played at Trump National in LA. yeah, Unbelievable golf course. And I got to the, to the pro shop and the guy said, you know, what tees would you like to play off today? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm, oh no, actually, sorry, they didn't ask me what tees I want to play off. They said... I said, what tee should I play off? And they said, well, what's your handicap? And how far do you carry the ball with your driver? Mm -hmm. And I told them, and they suggested, well, with that, that qualifies you to play off the black tees. If you choose to. If you want to play off the black tees, your handicap and the fact you can hit it X amount of distance with your driver, you can play. You don't have to, but that qualifies you. If I would have gone and said my handicap's 20... And I can carry the golf ball 180 yards. They might go well for you to get the best benefit out of this golf course. We recommend you play for the green tees. Yeah, yeah, Doesn't matter what the green tees yeah, are, I, where they are. But that's- I think
2: there's definitely something with the carry because you're right. We've been to golf courses the back tees were unless you're hitting at 220, you can't carry a pond. Yeah. The only thing I'd say now with handicap is that because of the world handicap system, you can have a handicap per tee. So if you're off 20, but you're fancy going off the black tees for a change. Your handicap might become 30. So yeah. actually, in theory, it, you could still do it. But yeah, you're right. You want to you wanna play off the tee that gives you the most fun, less chance yeah. of losing golf balls, whatever. Uh, but I think it's something that's right. I think, you know, and also, I think about it. If you're paying to be a member of a golf course, that's obviously great and, you know, it's fun and you get different types of conditions and different wins. But ultimately, you're playing the same golf course possibly three times a week. It obviously is so much more fun if you go, today It's going to go off the forward tees. I'm going to yeah. bomb drive off the forward tees and just try and shoot some mad score. Equally, the next day, Matt going off the back tee today. I think you'd have a better game because you'd be hitting shots in from different places. That would ultimately work your game
1: in more different areas. You'd probably become a better rounded player. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think testing your skills off different tees. Um, oh, who I was listening to a podcast and they said they did that. Uh, uh, it was a video by Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, wow! And he he went back. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a new video he put on his channel, and he talked about how he basically grew up with this golf coach who. Taught him everything. It was it was fascinating video. Definitely high re- highly recommend it. And I remember him saying at that point there was a point in time when he got really frustrated. And he didn't know how to score low. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't go around and shoot five six under. So his coach recommended him to play off the forward tees. Uh-huh. This is Bryson when he was younger, and he learned how to make lots of birdies. He, he shot like fifty eights and fifty nines off the forward tees, um, and then and then he developed those skills and just worked on his distance. You
2: know what? That makes sense because so much of golf we know is mental and there's this weird thing about being under par and I do it myself. If I go par, par, birdie all of a sudden I'm under par. It's like, oh my God, I'm under par and then obviously blow up. If you went off a much more easy tee and you get used to being one under par, two under par and that stigma starts to not be as much of a thing then when you are on the real tees in a competition you're going to be more likely prepared for it. That's clever. Um, Last one I've got from Facebook then from Alan Howard. Hi. Um, Thinking of spending £300 on second hand irons I've never been fitted before. Should I pay for a fitting to get my spec or just take a chance? So we've got 300 quid. He might go to our friends at Golf Golfbidder or whatever. He's saying, should I go to my local uh, driving range or whatever, pay maybe 50 quid for a fitting, then tell me you need half an inch longer, one the grew up, right, and then use that
1: information to go and buy some or just buy some anyway. If, if you can do it that way, mm-hmm. great. If you can go to a fitting and just pay for a fitting and they give him a, almost a prescription of what, what he needs, yeah. I would highly recommend that. Because he might not be able to have 50 quid to spend on extra on clubs, but if he's got the right spec, it's going to be better than the clubs he buys. Yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, I, if you can, not a lot of places do it. Because I think if you went with a £300 budget and went to a golf shop for a fitting, Suddenly, the ones that suited him the best might be the six hundred pound golf clubs. Yeah, and suddenly he's in a bit of a predicament. So if you, if you can find a place that can literally prescribe you with your measurements, and you need extra inch longer, you need upright, you need thicker grips, brilliant. Yeah, thank you very much, Mister Fitter. There's your money. I'm going to take that information and buy online. I don't see a problem with that at all.
2: Yeah, I think as well. What what I don't know from from Alan's comment there is how. Um, like new years into the game, so I mean, fitting has its uh, it's worthwhile, I guess, at all levels. But if you're, and this is very stereotypical again, but if you're five foot ten, average height, well, obviously sorry, average build, and it's your first ever set of golf clubs, standard might well be worth it. However, if you were six foot five with dead short arms and massive huge hands and stuff like that. And equally, again, Alan could be a scratch golfer just because he wants to spend £300. He might love his golf, but not might want to spend that much on his clubs. It's, it's hard to know all those different things. But yeah, ultimately, the dream would be go to a fitter, get fitted, um, and then buy ones that suit you.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm just flicking through some of the questions as well. Um, would Rick, because this is James Holder, would Rick, or would you and Rick, rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers?
2: Uh, I'd rather have fingers not, for toes yeah because people don't see my feet very often Yeah,
1: unless you pay and then, for that. and then you can like pick the foot yeah quite good you could be writing and you could be typing and you could be doing all sorts yeah, yeah I think I'd, I'd actually quite like that Um <laughs> just, <laughs> I, just, I just think on the other side there's no benefit of no, having toes for fingers what's no, the benefit yeah, there's not people see them you can't really use them as much anyway
2: um, <laughs> just a quick one then before we wrap it up um, again this is one that if you have listened to this thank you so much for listening we would love you to rate us on Apple ideally five stars if you think we're worthwhile of that I would say we're probably worth four and a half but round okay. up to five yeah. do you agree Why with that? yeah not? 90% um, and if you're watching the podcast thanks for watching if you've listened and there's some bits about this this uh, amazing project and the new clean table it's definitely worth watching <laughs> I'd maybe watch it or oh, skip through
1: have a little skip. Um, quick one as well. I want to give a little shout out to our good friends from America. Good, good. Yes. Who have now reached 1 million YouTube subscribers. Only the second good. golf channel in history to do it.
2: <laughs> wow. That, yeah, a million is a huge accolade. And I remember when you hit a million, we were obviously all so ecstatic. You get the gold plaque. I think I'm still hungover
1: cool. from that, to be honest with you.
2: I think that's that's the only the only downside with a million <laughs> is it's such a good number to hit. I think unless you get to like ten, it still feels like. Do you get what I mean? It's yeah. like a well, million's are just so good. The millions, you, so good. It's great.
1: Uh, so well done, guys. You definitely deserve it. You've, you've, your videos are amazing, and uh, obviously we've done loads of collaborations. If you've some a couple more videos left to come out, the good, good collaborations. Um, In fact,
2: quickly, that's a big one on Wednesday. You and yeah. Garrett, you and GM Golf, go head to head around the Me best nine holes at JCB versus Garrett Clark. Can re- redeem himself
1: I think. at the moment. I have won one match, drawn one match, lost three matches, (laughs) and I'm playing
2: against Garrett Clark, who is no easy test. He's a good golfer. So that's to come on Wednesday. So tomorrow, when you listen to this, watch this.
1: This week, there's going to be probably three videos back to back: Wednesday,
2: Thursday, Friday.
1: Strap yourself in. (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one there's a mixture of content um, and I think you're gonna really enjoy it guys thanks for listening thanks for watching and we shall see you next week peace